We are very excited about episode 63 as we welcome Dane with Wedge Golf to the podcast. They are a creative agency built for golf. They have over 1,300 followers on Instagram and their user handle is at Wedge Golf. Dane, thank you so much for taking the time and hopping on the podcast. Yeah, man. I appreciate y'all uh, y'all having me. I'm excited to, to chat all things golf with y'all. Absolutely. We were talking right before we hopped on. We were talking about the Jazz Timberwolves, so we'll definitely uh, talk about that as well. Um, it's, like a, it's like a fresh wound. Yeah, it's a fresh wound, exactly. <laughs> for us, not for you. But um, but yeah, let's dive right in. What is Wedge Golf and, and where are you guys located as well? Yeah. Yeah. I can give you guys kind of the whole, the whole spiel as to to who we are and, and how we dove into this. Um, you know, there's nothing I like more than talking about myself. So that's why we love, we love doing these podcasts. So um, wedge golf, essentially how we, you know, kind of give the elevator pitches. We are a marketing and a creative agency built specifically for uh, the golf space and built specifically for golf companies, golf brands, uh, golf, you know, influencers, talent, players, coaches, uh, whatever it might be. That's kind of where we are involved. That's where we kind of, uh, you know, have, have cut our bread. And what we're focused on is being able to help create content uh, around those. The, the little cliche line we always say is that we try and create the right content and then get it in front of the right people. Um, and so we we started Wedge back in, uh, I believe, the end of 20 or no, April 2020. Um, and so we started wedge as we basically, a lot of us were graduating college. Um, and as we were graduating our, from, uh, a school here in Utah called Brigham Young University, um, we all graduated from their advertising program, um, that, uh, is really well known. It's actually one of the kind of top three programs in the nation for advertising. And normally that means like when you finish school, you can go out and you can kind of pick your agency. You know, there's agencies from New York, there's agencies from California, there's agencies from uh, Chicago, wherever you want to go. They're out there looking for for talent from from this program. But unfortunately, uh, we graduated during COVID. So I guess it was 21. Sorry, I got my years wrong. 21. Uh, okay, we graduated kind of the 2020 to 2021. It, yeah. It's all just the last bad. three years have all blended into one. It's a blur. Um, but as we, as we were graduating and it was during COVID, a lot of these agencies and a lot of these opportunities weren't quite there like they'd been in previous years. Um, and so it was kind of interesting because normally the senior project for these, for this program is they'll bring in these massive companies, they'll bring in Coke, they'll bring in Nike or Adidas or someone really, really awesome and have you work with that company for a semester because of COVID, none of these companies were really interested or were looking for that. So they just told us, Hey, go out. And create whatever you want to like just go out create a final project whatever you want that final project to be and so me and a couple of my uh of my friends there at byu we got together and we decided that it would be fun to do a documentary about a golf course uh, that's here in utah um, and so we found this course it's called palisade golf course which if you guys ever make it out here it's this state-run course it's in the middle of nowhere but it is gorgeous. Awesome course. Um, really, really fun to play. And um, the one that's got really pulling up the Google. Yeah, we're just oh. we're, we're, he's pulling it up so we can have the Google. Google. I'm telling you, they've got this signature hole where you hit over a ravine and you can see the whole the whole valley. It's it's really pretty. And so it's got really close ties with me and my family. And that's kind of why we wanted to go out there and to play. Um, but we went out there, did this this documentary. Did you it find it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's oh some, man, did I find it? Quite the yeah. backdrop. 
Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And so we filmed this documentary there about this, uh, this, this girl who had this awesome story where she, she grew up there playing this course and ended up actually, you know, she couldn't afford to play. So she, uh, she'd take out the trash for the course and she'd do all this stuff and then let her go play. And she ended up making it to go play collegiate golf. And then after collegiate golf actually got some time playing on the tour. Um, and so it was like this really cool story that we found and we did that. And then after, um, sorry, we forgot. I have, we have a little, I have a little dog here. Who's oh, my mascot. No worries. No worries, <laughs> no, no go worries at all. My yeah. My mascot, not, not Dom's. <laughs> yeah. No worries at all. Um, <laughs> But yeah, as we finished that documentary, got done with that, we decided to, um, as we went out and went out and got jobs, you know, during COVID, none of us really got jobs that were anything that we were super passionate about. They weren't anything that we loved, you know, we, we, they were good work, good things and, you know, things helped us take care of our family, but we just didn't love, we weren't passionate about what we were doing. And we kind of all got together one day and just said, Hey, if we were doing something that was passionate or something that we loved, what would that look like? And we all kind of went back to that documentary that we shot and we were like that, that was it. That was what was making us happy and fun. We know we love golf. We love creativity. We love photography, videography. That's what we wish we could be doing. And so we all said, well, then why don't we, why don't we make it happen? Um, and so we kind of, you know, two weeks later, we formed an LLC, we'd thrown it together and went out starting to take on clients and trying to figure out whoever would, listen to us and whoever would uh, be willing to to let us work for them. And we, in the beginning of wedge kind of our, what we were doing is I, we were just, I'd go on Instagram and I'd find any company I could find that was selling golf things. and was, uh, was a golf brand. And I'd say, Hey, if you send me your product, I'll, we'll make you a free video. And we were just offering free work to anybody that would listen to try and build a portfolio. And yeah, absolutely. Um, we just kind of went and people started sending us their stuff and slowly, but surely, you know, those companies, we use those portfolio pieces to, to land some pretty, you know, quick fire, uh, smaller clients and still be able to build those up to, to some larger brands. And uh, we've been really, really lucky to, to work with some awesome groups. You know, some of the bigger names we've worked with up to this point are groups like Bad Birdie, uh, Mizuno, um, a lot, some larger resort kind of stuff like the Wilderness Club up in Montana. Um, just a lot of these kind of fun experiences and a lot of these fun courses. You know, we some some experiences we never thought we'd be having. You know, we got to send our video team to the PGA Championship this last year. Um, spent you know three days filming out at PGA West in in San, uh, San Diego or not sorry uh, wherever it's at. Um, yeah. I know you're talking uh, about Palm Springs. There we go, Palm Springs. <laughs> but as we, um, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but well, we, anyway, I, I, and so we've been really lucky with this. We've been really enjoying what we've been able to, uh, you know, the little creation we've been doing. And we always joke that we consider ourselves a, a fake company, but we're going to keep faking it until we make it. So love it. That's that's kind of where we're at. Um, I should mention I'm not obviously all of Wedge. I wish more of the 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 wedgies, as we like to call ourselves, uh, could have made it tonight. Um, but those guys, uh, uh, one of them's out actually in Indiana uh, working on a shoot, uh, and a couple of others are are off doing a few different events tonight. So uh, you get you get me. It, that's okay. We're having some crazy weather over here, so yeah, right yeah. now the less is probably better. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's headquartered out of Utah. Do you guys all, um, you guys, you're kind of out there traveling and all that. Are they, did they kind of go their separate ways or were they all still stationed kind of in Utah when you guys formed? Yeah. 
No, we're all still here local. We're all here in Utah at the moment. Um, working out of uh, and orig- originally the first the first spot was my my student housing uh, in in Provo. Um, you know, a little tiny, probably two hundred square foot apartment that we were were living out of. That that's where we had the first meeting, and we were sitting there trying to pitch. You know, what are we going to call this? What are we going to do? What's this all going to look like? And um, that was. Um, that was kind of where we started and slowly we've all kind of moved, but we've stayed pretty local to each other as we've, we've tried to build this out. Um, and that camaraderie has been, been helpful for it. What's your, what's your favorite part of the whole process? Cause like mm-hmm. Dom and I, we're both into photography and I think that's why we think really enjoy your guys's brand itself. And the, the, the whole creative side is that golf and photographer, two awesome things. Right. And so as far as like your creative side, like what's your like niche in like, as far as your other team, how many guys do you have like running like yeah. one tournament or one uh, uh, campaign or whatever it might be? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You talking about doing stuff for free for your portfolio really hits home. I've been shooting cars. Like I just want to start shooting more and more cars. I just shot a 2012 s or 997 Turbo S Porsche. And I'm like, oh, this is going to lead to this, this, and this. Mm-hmm nothing yet but like but he's cool getting, yeah building up the portfolio what's your, yeah what's your no study? that yeah. that's perfect i really yeah. struck like yeah. board no for sure and that's and that's really what we've been we've been enjoying about this is is it's the opportunity to create something that i mean at the end of the day we, we're creating something that is whatever we want it to be and whatever we decide to make it and um we've been able to kind of say you know hey we want to go after these clients hey these are the type of things that we enjoy creating and and that's been what's exciting about this you know when i when i've I've worked at other agencies in the past or other experiences. You're kind of just at the mercy of whatever task falls on your plate that day. Um, but like, for example, I got a text from one of my clients to just barely that was like, Hey, indoor simulator tomorrow, one you're coming. And it's like, cool. Not very many like jobs. Do my clients tell me I have to golf? Like that's, that's awesome. I love that. That's a good time. And so it's kind of a cool experience to be able to learn to learn a lot about this. But I think to answer your question there about what my favorite part of this whole experience has been, it has been the opportunity to to grow and to create a community um, and kind of learn and, and learn more about the golf space and the people in this space and, and kind of the relationships we've made. Um, one of the one of the driving factors and one of the things that kind of pushed me when I was starting this was I was actually reading uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Yep. Um, and in that book, he kind of mentions, you know, he was working a different job. He was, I think, going into accounting, if I remember right. But then one day found himself as a track meet and as a collegiate runner when he was at that track meet and he felt like that vibe and that experience and kind of that atmosphere. He was like, this is where I this is home for me. This is what I understand to be comfortable. This is where I belong. I need to build my life and my career around whatever lets me be where I feel I belong. And, you know, growing up for me, it was not track. I'm slow as dirt, but I was, you know, my parents would drop me off at the golf course to, as a way of babysitting me. Like it was just, that was where I spent my entire childhood was, you know, putting on the, putting on the putting greens all day and hitting the driving range and walking around the course. And so because of that, like, being able to come back to that in even even a professional setting, but coming back to that environment where I'm around people where, you know, conversations about, you know, driver loft are what make me comfortable, make me excited. And those kind of things where I'm able to talk about those stuff, but then also to marry it with a passion of mine, which is 
that video and that storytelling and that stuff like that, that we're able to talk about that um, has been really awesome. It's been an incredible experience for us. And it's something that we, we really enjoy and um, we like to, to be able to do. Um, I believe you had one other question there that I want to touch on, which is kind of who's on the team, who do yeah. we have and what do they all do? Um, so to answer that question, we've got myself, I'm kind of the catch all do all just whenever every, anything that nobody else wants to do, I, I falls on my plate. Um, and then we have, uh, Reese who is our video. Um, he kind of hand, handles all our video work and has up to this point, he's, um, you know, really, really good. Put a camera on that guy's hand. He will, he will capture whatever needs to be captured. And he's been really instrumental in landing a lot of the, the clients that we've landed. Um, then we have uh, Tanner uh, Giles, who's he's on the tournament side, and we can kind of dive into to what that looks like in Wedge and what we've done there. But he helps run our tournaments um, and a lot of our client relationships. And then we have Caden Giles, who's actually Tanner's brother. We got a brother duo here, and he's on our strategy and client management side. Um, and so they kind of helped, you know, when the clients come on, helping decide how we run the Facebook campaigns, how we strategize everything, and how we build it to. Uh, work best for for our clients. So, and then I do the photography um, as well. So, we've kind of got photo, video, strategy, and then client and, uh, community stuff. So, we all kind of pick our our little roles there. But we're we're a small enough uh, operation that everybody does a little bit of everything. Um, you better be ready to pick up a camera at any time, and you better be ready to meet with a client at any time because it's probably going to happen. We just uh, we were just talking about how we had uh, Tomo, uh, Sonny with Tomo um, on the podcast probably about a month ago, a couple months ago. Yeah, and um, we'd seen some of the some of the work you guys did for Sonny. Uh, he's an awesome, awesome guest, yeah. by the yeah. way. We love Sonny. Uh, Sonny's a great guy. He's, I mean, those shoes. I mean, I can I love show you this. This is the uh, the pile of Tomo. Oh, there we, you go. Uh, yeah, we have for all the productions that we do, and actually. There's even additional in the closet. Kind of see some of the boxes. Jeez. So getting a full tour here. It's like cribs, cribs, man. Cribs on the cribs, the cribs on YouTube. Cribs on YouTube. But yeah, so we we love Sunny though. He's and that's the thing is like Sunny is one of those relationships that I can talk about where it's like we like meeting him, getting to know him, someone who's local here to Utah that I never would have met without, you know, the relationship with this company, but to learn how he's built Tomo and kind of learn more about his creative decisions he's made behind it and how he's kind of, you know, bootstrapped this stuff to be, to be as cool of a brand it is and as, as cool of a product as it is, you know, he's done that awesome relationship with random golf club and a lot of other stuff that he's done to build some, some really cool stuff. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of an example there of some of the cool relationships that come out of come out of the business. So you'd mentioned like, um, bad birdies, obviously is probably, I mean, that company's grown so much with their apparel, their polos, their hats. Um, are most of these companies that you're working with local? I, I know you talked about like they're out doing some tournaments and such, but for the most Utah is a pretty popular state for golf. Oh yeah. So, I which which is funny. Time. Cause you know, you look at like Texas, Texas is a really big golf state, but they get year round golf. So like that makes sense. California has got a good golf scene year round golf. That makes sense. Utah. We don't have year round golf. Um, similar to us. Same, same thing. We, we and you know, like right now six months. you're not seeing a golf course for at least two months, uh, two or three months from here. But what's interesting is we're not seeing one until like May. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys basically yeah, we, live in Antarctica. So that's, that's, yeah, all, it's, that's <laughs> pretty close. Cool. Um, but we, uh, 
it's interesting because even with that being said, like there is a community of golf here that's that's really tight and really like well versed and well uh, well antiquated with each other, and everybody kind of knows one another. Um, and so we do work and we do actually try and prioritize, you know, some local groups if we can find them and trying to help like those local companies and things on that on that front. But for example, like Bad Birdie, they're based in Scottsdale. They're they're in Arizona. So they're they're close, but they're not quite I wouldn't quite call them a local company. That's what um, I was asking. So I thought they were out of Arizona, but I, I yeah. couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. No. And even the story of how we met those guys is is one of the cooler stories. So I always tell people that when people I mean. People will come to me and be like, hey, man, how have you built this? What's this been? And the only answer, and there's no other answer available, it's luck. I mean, we've been working as hard as we possibly can to, you know, have all the all the skills and everything ready to accept that luck. But it's been luck. And the luck has come. So how we got in contact with those guys was Caden and Tanner, uh, the brother duo, were out at the Waste Management Tournament in Phoenix. And while they were there... Um, happened to run into a guy who liked the wedge t-shirt he was wearing. And as they got talking, they just, the guy, this random guy they bumped into happens to be one of the higher ups at bad birdie wow. kind of learned who we were, what we did. And then a couple of weeks later, some things happened internally where they ended up needing additional marketing help. And so like the timing of that, the opportunity of that with all those people they could have run into, like, it's just so incredible to like have those random happen chance things happen that then we're able to turn into some really cool relationships that have, that have built um, beyond, you know, just a product or buying their product, but also getting to kind of create some cool content and uh, go from there. I love the fact too, that like they're an apparel company, but he also like, is like, that's a sick shirt. And he, even oh, talk, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, no, those guys, brand, they recognize, they recognize good work and they, yeah. you know, game recognizes game kind of a situation. Where they'll see stuff where they're like, Hey, I like that. I like that. And they're, they're definitely willing to, uh, you know, to, to partner. They do a lot of really cool partnerships, a lot of cool stuff like that. So that's one of those things we, we love about them. Um, I've kind of dominated the conversation. So if you want to, do you have anything to think of that you're... That no, you're, I'm just kind of taking it all in. Okay, sorry. I didn't like, want to try to like... Sometimes I talk my head off and... Like there's and so it. much for me to sit down and take it and go, okay, yeah, I get <laughs> it. Because um, you're kind of doing stuff that we would like to do in the future. So it's cool to kind of sit here and go, man, that you know that could be us. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it is just luck, but sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. You know, like we've <laughs> exactly. definitely had that happen too, where we've just kind of run our way and bam we meet somebody that's sure. just like perfect odin is a great example of that yeah. like never in a million years that i think we would be on a golf ball yeah and now we're not on a having golf a, ball. exactly like being able to like do like promotions for companies for like golf balls and then let alone be able to like put your own logo on that and have it like you know it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome um i think the luck and like the whole like timing timing is everything as well like just it like you said like you you got lucky that you found this person, but you guys were also, you know, good enough to deliver on what you guys offer, which you know what I mean. So it, it speaks mm -hmm. volumes. Um, so I completely agree. Um, speaking of Utah, I, I did want to mention that you, um, one of the more popular golfers out there right now is Tony Fino. And I know he's a big Utah guy. He came out of, yep. I think, he, I think he was from Utah. Um, and I, I'd seen that you guys did some some work, I believe that was it a top golf like for his foundation. Yeah. So Tony, Tony runs this really awesome event every year where he, uh, it's called the Tony at top golf event where basically he invites a bunch of people out and 
companies and people they'll, they'll reserve bays to come play golf with Tony and he comes around and he talks and all that money goes to their foundation that does some really, really cool projects. I believe at the moment they're, they're building out this reading center in Salt Lake city. That's, that's really cool opportunity. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of this foundation, uh, the Tony Fiena foundation, they do a lot of work there and we were lucky enough to get an invite to go and to get a chance to meet Tony and talk with him and do some photography while we were there. And, um, kind of get to get a little inside look on how he's building all that. Um, but yeah, Tony, Tony Fino, if you guys ever get the chance to meet him is the perfect example of somebody using their platform in, in a really, really good way. I mean, the guy, I think there was like jokes that he was winning like nicest guy on tour and it is true through and through. I mean, in the way that he, he manages himself and the way he manages um, his opportunities and his foundation, all that stuff. You know, we got a chance to meet his family while we were there and kind of get to talk with them. And I mean, it's just like salt of the earth, best people, just awesome, awesome opportunity. And so, um, but yeah, Tony, I mean, when you come talk about Utah golfers, he's like, that is Utah's hometown hero is, is Tony Fino. Tony, yeah. I've never heard anything bad come from that guy's mouth or had have ever heard anyone say anything bad about him i know for a, there was a stretch of time where he was so good that he would finish what like runner up <laughs> like several tournaments he was so close yep. to, you know finishing he just couldn't finish and then he got on a string and, and started winning some events and yeah. he's one of those players that is he he's good enough to be a dominant player for like quite some time he's he's a tall guy very too great. and he's i mean he's got he's very tall he's as gonna say he's a taller guy but I think what most people like about him is he's that humble person that you mm -hmm. kind of want to root for. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. Uh, I, I did want to mention that. Um, yeah, no, I think you'll hear Tony Fino's name on tour for quite a long time. time for sure. I, I agree with you. Um, kind of transitioning over. I really want to talk about this cause it seems very exciting and I'd like, we'd like to be a part of it somehow or some way, or maybe even go out there and play, but it's one day, 72 teams, 36 holes. Correct. And this is the, yep. uh, the long day challenge. Can you talk about this tournament? Yeah. And this is why I wish I wish we had Caden and Tanner here because the long day challenge, it's really their baby. And they've they've built this thing into something really, really exciting. So to kind of take a step back. So, you know, with Wedge, our biggest thing that we do, obviously, it is that is the golf marketing and the content creation and um, all the advertising and different stuff that we do. That's kind of our, our bread and butter. Um, but beyond that, we do have kind of the two, uh, two separate tracks where we also do, um, we do create some apparel and then we also do some work with tournaments and we run some tournaments here. And right now we have kind of our flagship tournament, which is the long day challenge. And like you mentioned there, it's, it's actually per the amount of players that we have the largest public tournament in Utah, um, where we have 288 golfers come out. And we last year we used a course called Soldier Hollow that's got two 18 hole uh, championship style uh, golf courses um, on one property. And basically we put eight people to a hole, two four man scrambles, and they play 36 holes. So you play two full 18s. And then at the end of that, the top 10 teams actually go back out and play a derby to decide the winner. Oh, okay. So I didn't, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah. So the winning team in theory will play 45 holes by the time the day's done. Are you ready to carry the team? I'm, I'm, I'm there's my, no uh, way. There's I'm, no way I'm <laughs> I've been getting the chiropractor hard lately. He's getting these shoulders ready. So. 
Yeah, man. But it's it's a super fun event. And so kind of why I was saying that I hope Caden and Tanner would be here. So the story behind the long day is years ago, um, the long day challenge was actually something that uh, it existed before we ran it. Um, it was run uh, by the Chamber of Commerce as an opportunity to try and attract tourism uh, to Park City, which, you know, is a huge ski snow destination. But in the warmer months, not quite as big a destination. So they want to try and get people to come in to, to visit in the warmer season. So they invented, uh, so one of the guys who ran the chamber of commerce at the time, uh, started this thing called the long day challenge. Um, and that guy just happens to be Caden and Tanner's dad. Oh, convenient. Very cool. Um, and years later, uh, you know, after things had changed, like the tournament was no longer being run and it had kind of gone away. And so as we started this company, he actually approached them and said, Hey guys, like, I want this tournament to be my legacy. Like I want this to be something I can pass to you guys. And it can be just something that exists beyond, beyond me and beyond, you know, again, kind of represent our family and things. And so when we started this, I remember again, sitting in that tiny little uh, apartment on campus when Tanner and Caden came and they're like, Hey, by the way, we, we have access to this tournament if you guys want it. And I was like, you idiot, you, you're bringing that up now. We've been doing this like six months. That should have been day one. The first thing right. you said when you met me should have been, hey, have you heard about the long day challenge? And so we started it up. And I'll tell you what, that was way bigger of an undertaking than any of us had any idea we were getting ourselves involved into. I mean, getting first off, just getting the word out, getting people signed up, getting people to know what we were doing. Um, getting people to trust it and, you know, not, it wasn't run by four 25, 26 year old kids, just trying to figure it out as they go. Um, but we got really lucky. We ended up selling it out and getting enough people involved to, to sell out the tournament. And, um, I mean, we had an awesome, awesome day. I think the moment for me where it kind of all came together was we were during that derby where, you know, 200, you know, 50, 280 golfers had just finished playing 36 holes and they were all dead. And then we said, all right, here's the top 10 teams. We're all going, those top 10 teams are going back out to play. And then seeing play teams that didn't qualify walk out with us. And they're like, no, we're here to watch. Like, we want to see who wins. We want to see what happens. And it felt like, you know, like the PGA events I've been to where you have this massive gallery where it's just this big group of people um, following because in the Derby style, all, all 10 teams play the hole together, you oh, know? Okay. So there's, there's 40 people playing the hole and then there's 60 people watching them play. And we just have this massive group and we had Reese throw, throw the drone up and he's flying it around watching us all as we just kind of go play. And, um, one of the guys from one of the teams actually walked over to me at that point, and not to toot our own horn, but what he said was he kind of goes, Hey, I've, he just looks at me like, I've never had this much fun playing golf. Like, this is awesome. And that it's for awesome. me was a moment where I was just like, dude, I'm glad you're saying that because I've never been more stressed. I've never been more tired. <laughs> oh, I'm losing my mind, yeah, but I'm glad that it. this is coming together. And so for next year, we're just seeing this as like, this is something we're going to do every single year. And we've already opened up reservations for 2023. And um, it was kind of fun to see people, even before we opened up reservations, kind of messaging us on Instagram or emailing us on the website saying like, Hey, when can I sign up? I got my team ready. We've been practicing. We want to win this year. And then at the same time, actually, it's kind of funny that we're filming this today. Uh, the winning team from last year, the kind of grand prize is, is a week long stay at Quintero and they're sending us videos because they just got there today to kind of 
enjoy their, their week out there to go play at this, this awesome course. And so they're out there and sending us videos and showing us, you know, them playing and having a good time. So we're excited. Um, we're excited to see what all the you know stuff looks like and where we can take this. The hope is that um, in, in a future years, we'll have a Utah long day challenge, but we might also branch out to some other States and uh, open it up and get some more people involved. So who knows? Maybe we'll come even to the frozen tundra that you guys live in. There we go. That'd be so awesome. it's not frozen all the time. It's <laughs> just like, like half year. Like, like like October to like May. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, we'll find we'll find that one week of warmth and we'll slide right in. Exactly. There's a good week in June. Yes. Yeah. So we yeah. we uh I we I can't when you're talking about this, like I I really we could relate. We know we did we, a tournament, we did our first tournament. Yes, and it was a lot smaller than that. It was nowhere near that size, but it was still uh, pretty hectic and crazy. And um, I, I could only imagine, but we picked June. I was like, you know, June 11th, it'll be warm enough. And that day, like, granted, the weather worked out perfectly, but that whole well, day I was mean, supposed it, to be. It rained the morning of. Yeah, it was raining and it was like 60 degrees. And normally it's normally about 85, 90 degrees. So I think, but, the like, since we're talking about it, the most stressful moment for me, I don't know if you were there. But uh, TJ came up to me and goes, hey, there should be a team crossing right now. And I was like, there oh, isn't. The, yeah, the, and the, he's like, oh, where are they? And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, a little bit. like, I'm drinking. I'm doing shots, whatever. And he goes, we got to go find them. So we hop in the golf cart. And there's this group of women just sitting on the green. And we're like, hey. It's not the right. Uh... What are you doing? And they're like we're taking our time and we're like, no, because <laughs> at this point it's like 10, 15 minutes when the group in front of them passed mm. and we're like, Oh my God, they're lost. And of course they weren't updating their scorecards. We had no idea what hole they yeah. were on or anything. We did use the live scoring, which worked really well, except there mm. was a couple of groups, but I mean, that was really the only big hiccup. Other than that, it ran really smoothly, but it's like that anticipation and that buildup, like a, the weather. And then from there it's just, is everything going to run smoothly? We did a pretty cool thing. We um, collaborated with a company called Three Jack, and we did a uh, a uh, shuttle bus. Shuttle bus, and so like the stress of like, okay, is that shuttle bus going to show up on time? <laughs> like things like that, little things you don't think of, you know. So I could only imagine because that's like magnified way more than ours. But um, with that being said, how long does this tournament take? Uh, the entire day. So we, we got there the night, but so we, in order to make this work, we actually, the teams check in the night before. Okay. Um, so we have our check-in um, the night before so that we can, sorry, my doorbells, it needs to go off. Um, we had the teams check in the night before. And then when they, they come the next morning and it's, I mean, it's like four thirty five ish when everybody shows up and we say like, you have to be in your carts at four thirty ready to go. And then they're all sitting there just kind of like waiting until the pros like my kind of tournament. It is safe to play. It is bright enough. You're good to go. And we just send people out. If you go on our website, we have a little video we put together and there's you'll see a shot where it's like it looks like dawn because it was. And there's everybody. All these like, you know, again, 144 carts whipping out of the parking lot um at at 5 30 5 in the morning uh ready to go and so we we uh ended up um having all this happen from about 5 30 until um uh sorry somebody's looking oh, no for you gotta take it no problem um actually can you just me to two seconds yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. 
Okay, sorry about that, guys. My apologies. No, no. we can. Um, like, Dom's like, oh, we can cut that out. I was totally thinking, like, oh yeah, good. Yeah, the beauty of Adobe. So we'll just kind of transition. Editing, we'll transition back in right now. No, cool. We'll do it before. Yeah. Um. So it's a four-person scramble. Is it? Is it handicapped at all or anything like that? Yeah. So we're very tight on the handicaps, actually. So the handicapping, everybody has to have a GIN registered handicap in order to play. Um, and we actually have all these rules about who is allowed. Like, you can't sandbag. You can't have a team that's all high. You can't have a team that's all low. So we have this kind of rule structure that we've set up where you basically have to have a certain, there's like a max gap between your lowest and your highest handicap. Okay. And then between that gap, um, it all can't add up past a certain number. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. No, I, I definitely we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try to puzzle that together and see if Dude, we can get a team in. We would love to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just have a we have a couple other questions. Uh, I I was gonna ask. Oh, so, oh, so while we're well, talking you, about it, yeah, I guess. And, I mean, in a way, we're just gonna plug it. When is it? June twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. You go, go to thelongdaychallenge dot com. It has all the rules and everything outlined, and you can register just directly, just directly from there. Um, and then a little bit closer to the tournaments when we're going to start sending out all of the different, you know, team information, bookings, pairings, all that kind of stuff. But are there some? Uh, yeah, we we would love to have as many people invited as possible, and you know, love to kind of grow the groups that are getting involved and things like that. We got a, real, a lot of really fun sponsors uh, getting involved this year, so. You know, we have a long drive competition at that night before gala. We have putting competitions. It's it's really like, and again, I know I'm biased, but it's like when you were saying like this is my kind of tournament, like it's the golfers kind of tournament. We don't allow sponsors on the holes. We don't allow, you can't buy strokes. You can't buy, you know, bubble gum, licorice rope, none of it. None of that. Like okay. it is score by score. Your handicap's got to be legit. Like we're looking for legitimate play here. And making it like a legitimately fun competitive tournament because we've all played in those charity events where somebody posts a 46. 46. I, I, so speaking of that, I posted that video or that yeah, that video of that team shooting a was it a 46? 46. And yeah, that's why I said 46. So not to plug group chat, golf means, but they did some re- due diligence and reached out to that team and they had them on the podcast. I didn't and apparently I no, I didn't either, but I just seen that they had posted it. But apparently, like it was a legit 46 because because of that. Like one of the holes and ones was there was some sort of thing behind it. But yeah, you can get sometimes get like six feet of string. Oh, you can get tons of string, and then it's like yeah. they'll have like they'll have a sponsor on the hole that's like, if you outdrive me, you get five strokes, and it's like, oh, that doesn't make any sense, but okay, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, you think you actually played really well, and then you get to the clubhouse, and there's you're like you're in tied for tenth place, yeah. and you're like, no way, you know. But uh, that is awesome. I was gonna ask. Um, are there some like awesome like Airbnbs or like hotels around that area as far as staying? Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it. Like Park City and where we host this, you know, it's it's technically Heber, but it's all the same area. Um, it's gorgeous. I mean, this place is built for ski trips. It's built for vacations. It's built for getaways. Like there's tons of Airbnbs. Our team actually goes out. We go get a big Airbnb because, you know, we're there the night before until one in the morning and got to be back at four. So we're, uh, we get an Airbnb out there. And so there's a lot of really good places to stay. 
Um, we're actually talking with a few hotels this year as well to try and get some opportunities for people to come play and stuff. But awesome. yeah, and there's there's accommodations for everybody, opportunities, and I mean it's it's a blast. How much golf do you actually play? Like you work for a golf me personally? Yeah. So like how much like on your free time of like non um, the joke I always make is that I've never been on a course more and played less. Um, <laughs> I like and and it's less because of the business and it's less because of wedge specifically, but it's more just the, the the nature of the beast of kind of the entrepreneurial life is that a lot of my time is is taken up here and taken up in work. Um, and because I'm out on the course so often, um, it's kind of hard for me to, you know, spend a whole day on the course and then come home and look my wife in the eye and say, hey, I'm going to go back out and go play. Um, so because of that, I don't play as much as I think I would like to. I still like probably play more than the average person does. Um, get to play quite a bit. And like we said, like right now, one of our awesome clients is, uh, is X golf, uh, here in Utah and with them, like they got an indoor simulator place. So we get to play a lot of that and, you know, get opportunities to play out and get out and play when we can, but it's not quite as, uh, not quite as lucrative as I think I expected when we first jumped into this in, in what, terms of being able to play golf. What's one piece of advice that you could share with our listeners? Um, if if they were like starting a business or wanting to, you know, maybe they're becoming a, an entrepreneur, what's one piece of advice you think you could share that would be helpful? Um, so I, I actually, I get this question or I talk about this a lot because, you know, people, it's something that I think far too many people are just afraid to do. Um, there's just a fear of it, but there's also maybe it's not fear, but it's just intimidating. I mean, it really is. It's an intimidating venture to be able to do. And I, I got lucky because early on in my career, I actually worked with a couple of my with one of my friends from high school and his uh, business partner. Uh, I got to work. They started a business and I was kind of the first hire to be able to come and help them on this and got to watch them build this business up to be very successful. And then when COVID happened, um, be able to kind of work and when things were hard to see how they handle all that and how they actually were able to sell the business in the middle of COVID and and turn out really well for themselves. And I kind of got to watch that happen. And for me, it was kind of like a shock to the system because it's like, this is a kid I went to high school with. Like, sure. I've seen this kid do the funnest and dumbest stuff. And now I'm watching him run a business and seeing how you can make your passions into a career. Um, and so one of the recommendations I always make, there's a book, uh, titled the hundred dollar startup, um, which is a really awesome book. And it kind of, what it aims to do is to give like the, some simple directions and a simple template that people can use to like find passions of theirs and find ways to make a business out of them and kind of tear down the idea that starting a business doesn't necessarily mean starting Nike, starting Tesla, starting Google or Netflix. It can mean starting a company that does enough to make you $80,000 to $120,000 a year, like a really good livelihood or something that's happy. Like, you know, you're able to be happy with it. Maybe you don't sell on a day, but you can slowly build a business and create a lifestyle that is more freeing and more opportunistic than, you know, just the roadmap of high school, college, nine to five retirement. And that's that's what I think is exciting for me about entrepreneurship is the creative freedom and the just general freedom that it gives you. And that is that you have the opportunity to go out and to to take your life really by the by the horns and do what you want with it and make it whatever you want it to be, you know. And that's what I've enjoyed with it personally. You know, we we get to my wife and I get to travel more than we did, you know, because I'm not worrying about PTO as often because 
I can work when I need to work and do what I need to do. And, you know, I can edit at two in the morning from New York, or I can edit at one in the morning from Finland, like we did last year. And so there's a lot of cool opportunities in it. You just have to do it. You just have to be able to kind of go through and be willing to know that it's, it, it can fail and being willing to know that it can not fail and it can succeed. And it just comes down to putting in the, putting in the time and building it up. Well said. I like that. It's like, you just got to like take that step, right? Got to do it. Got to take that step. And um, I think the other thing that people always think is like, if you start a business, you have to either a have a bunch of funds to start to get into it or B you have to be able to like be able to quit your job and go full time. And that wasn't the case. I ran wedge with a full-time job for a good year um, before we, we were really able to, to, you know, sustain me and my partners going full time. So, you know, bootstrap it, figure it out and I mean, go for it. It's awesome. I love it. That's great. Great advice. I appreciate that. And, uh, I, I hope people are listening do do that because, uh, you even talked about in the beginning, um, uh, just as far as like not working your typical nine to five, you know, like this isn't what I enjoy. Like I got a good job, but I don't want to wake up and do this every day because I don't enjoy it. So it's like, what, what am I going to do that I'm going to enjoy every day? And I, I love that. And I think not a lot of people do that or not as many people as they, you know, should they complain about work on a daily basis. And so I appreciate that advice. Um, I do have a couple other questions. Actually, I just want to fire off some rapid fire questions and then we will we'll talk really. a little food, talk a little Timberwolves, and then we can wrap things up. <laughs> yeah, have to talk about the Timberwolves. Well, we have to, we have to just talk. I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm not someone yeah. from Utah. They were talking to someone from Utah. I was at the jazz or not the jazz game, the, the game the other night, I'm four and at target center with the wolves. So I, I think I need to invest in some Timberwolves tickets, but um so in any case we're gonna do some rapid fire questions mm-hmm. uh, the first one pretty simple what's your favorite golf course um that i've played or that i've been to because those are two separate answers that's I, I'm, I'm glad you asked yeah that you played. played that i've played um so this is actually an interesting answer um my favorite course that i've ever played is uh pga west i yeah. absolutely love that course uh, we got to go out there uh, with Bad Birdie, one of our clients. They were awesome to us. Really, really great course. That's my favorite course for like, I mean, that's that's a professional course. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. Now, that's like my golfer answer. If you ask me personally, Hubble Creek Golf Course in Springville, Utah. It is a city-run course, tiny clubhouse. It's not like, it's not, you know, prestigious. It's not whatever. But that course is fun. It's crazy. And I grew up five minutes down the road. And for me, like the nostalgia of it and everything, that's my personal answer. I, I love that course um, like like nothing. And so that's that for me. That kind of goes back to that's home. That's what home is for me. Was um, it called Hob- Hobble Creek? Hobble Creek. Um, yeah, it's, it's up Springville Canyon. If you guys ever make it out here, highly recommend uh, making a way to go play Hobble Creek. It's It's really fun. Very cool. We always say rapid fire questions, but they never turn into it because. Oh no, I got too, I got, I'm too long winded. I'll go quicker. Yeah, I'll go quicker. yeah. We just call them that. Um, this one might be a little interesting. The first question I've, I think I've thrown this out to a, to a guest Fa- yeah. favorite camera to use. Ooh. This is my favorite professional camera. It's a Sony a seven four. 
Um, so like I said, I'm the photographer. And so this is what I use for photos. Um, love absolutely that. love this camera for video work. I'll just tell you. So in case you have camera nerds on here for video, we use the Sony FX three, um, which is basically this camera, but built for video. Um, both with normally 24 to 70s. I'll also have a 50 millimeter on mine. And then, like I said, I'm too long winded, but oh, this is great. The I, other I camera it. that I've recently picked up that I'm in love with is the Fujifilm X100V. Yep. Sweet. This thing is incredible. This thing is great as a personal cam. I don't use this one for client work. We have used it a couple of times, but it's basically considered a digital film camera. So everything yep, comes out with you a cool. Can. Yeah, you can Digital set the, the film that like yeah, you could shoot Fuji 100 or Kodak 200 out, out yeah. quote unquote. So for the viewers, yeah. we can show right there. I've got Kodak Ultra Max 400. Yeah. So awesome. the photos come out looking like they were shot on a Kodak. Or you could just shoot okay. Kodak. Are they are they pretty? Is that a pretty expensive camera? Yes. It's, not it's too bad. a little bit. It's not. It's a, not I don't mean to interrupt. It's not awful. That's one of the cameras right now that is completely taking over the kind of the photography industry and the camera industry because Fuji hasn't really released a big camera up until that one. So oh, it's fairly really new. Relatively. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very and cool. it's it's hard to get your hands on. I I our local camera store here, I mean they're selling out everywhere. They're really hard to find. They're reselling on eBay for about a thousand dollars more than they retail. Yeah. Um but I called our local camera store every single morning for like a month until they were like, screw it here. Just come take one, like get off of our back. Yeah. Quit calling. Quit calling. I'm glad I asked that question. That's okay. Good. Cause I haven't asked that question. Before, yeah. That's so. one that I've been eyeballing, but I just can't justify. Like I don't need yeah, another. I think, I think I spent 14. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But still cheaper than this bad boy. So, oh, yeah. So, those are, yeah. Um, We've got a wall full of cameras. So, trust me, I'm, I'm aware. You're worse. I appreciate that. Yeah. All of mine are filmed, though. I have three digital, but I have like 15 film cameras. So, I get it. I shoot uh, an RP. Not that anybody asked, but I shoot. No, hey, hey let it out, man. I'm interested. Talking I'm cameras. interested. And then my other camera that I just throw around, I bought a, a used A6300 and I put a, hmm. a small rig cage on it so I can throw it around and not really feel bad about it. Yep. It's good camera. Going there too? Yeah. No, I love Canon. I think <laughs> Canon is probably like the best system you know, in terms of color grading and stuff like that. That's where Sony isn't really at right now in terms of color grading. We love Sony. Do we have our Sony? Things? Yeah, we're like... It's just what you like. I grew up with Canon. Yeah. Like my first camera was a Canon. I had a Rebel T5. So like all my. All stuff I'm gonna is- say is Netflix has approved the FX3 for its live for its shows and not any of the Canons. But you know, take your foot word. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to like throw a line out there and see if I can catch him. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a photographer versus videographer though. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. cool. What, is what the, else I uh, got? What's your uh what's the best snack on the golf course? Hot dog at the turn. Hot dog at the turn. Okay. Hot dog at the um, turn. Hot dog at the turn. All right. And then um, do you prefer early morning golf or twilight golf? Twilight. Twilight. Oh, attaboy. Uh I didn't write this one down, I but hate early mornings. <laughs> who is the best golfer between your whole team? Ooh. Ooh, I don't think I can answer that question. First you know, off, it's could, not me. It's you not me. You, like, you could say you because you showed up. 
You could I say could that. say that, but then I would also probably um, be be burned at the stake. There's no there's no way that they would let me get away with that. Um, so I would say it jumps back and forth between uh, Caden or Tanner, the Giles boys. They're they're usually our best golfers. It really comes down to who's played the most golf recently. Um, I'll sneak around in there every once in a while, but consistency wise, those guys like those guys got to speak. So. Did, did any of you guys play uh, like high school or collegiate golf? I know you talked uh, about everybody, but golf. Reese played high school golf. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, okay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, do you, I don't know if you can even talk about this, but do you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about or that you can talk about? We do. We do have some upcoming projects that we are incredibly excited about. There's, I can't talk about too many of them um, because they're still kind of getting formulated. The one that I can say is there is a mini documentary that we shot with Mizuno um, a few months ago that is going to be released um, here in the next couple of weeks that we are incredibly proud of and really excited about. Um, so that mini doc, I don't know if we have an exact date for its release, but it should be coming out pretty soon. And that one's, uh, yeah, that one's for, it's it's one that we took a little more time on. We're able to spend some more time on, on the, the storytelling pieces and we're really, really passionate about storytelling. So, so that's something that uh, we're excited about and we're hoping to do more of next year, um, whether personally or with, with brands like Mizuno. So that's, that's one that we're really excited about. And then beyond that, we have the long day challenge, which obviously is not a video project, but that's a bigger project that we're excited about. Um, These, these hats and the new clothing that we're coming out with. Um, that's the other big thing that we're excited for, uh, in January, we will be pushing these hats live and then, the long sleeve, uh, basic tees that have our logo on them. Um, those will be coming out as well. So it's a couple of fun things there. And then a few video things that, uh, sure. we'll, we'll tease. We'll let the, we'll let the viewers find that one on their own. Awesome. So you got, you got a lot in the hopper cooking right now, which is fantastic. As far as like, you're talking about like the Mizuno video, do you guys have you guys done any like commercials or like ads? Because I know like with social media, it's more like reels and short clips. Mm-hmm. But do you do a lot of like other uh, uh, videos like that with commercials? We've done a lot of social advertising. Um, so far, Wedge does not have like a, a broadcast commercial under our belt quite yet. Um, we oh, actually, no. Technically, we do have a Hulu ad. We did a Hulu ad for that ran for a while. So if you count Hulu as TV, then yeah, we've done some bigger commercials oh, yeah. as well. Cool. Um, does but, have yeah, that's pretty sick. That's big time. Yeah. So, so there's been a lot of fun stuff there. Um, but most of where we cut our, cut our bread and butter at this point has been the social. Um, just because to be honest, that's where a lot of the market is right now. That's where a lot of golfers are at and that's where they're buying and that's where they're interested. So we've been doing a lot of social work, a lot of stuff like that and, um, opportunities to, to create around, uh, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, uh, we're diving into the world of, of TikTok and trying to figure out how that all goes and, uh, having a lot of fun with it. Well, another animal. Yeah. Um, okay. So we always bring up food. That's one of our yeah. topics. Um, if, uh, if we're looking to, to find the best Buffalo wing or maybe the best burger in town, where would you suggest we go in Utah? Yeah. Oh, um, oh, the response. I got the right guy. <laughs> so there is a spot. I'm actually going here tomorrow night and I'm like juiced about it. I'm so excited. There's a place here. So one thing to know about me is I am a very big formula one fan. 
Okay. Um, I caught, I caught that bug pretty heavily, um, you know, with the Netflix series and everything that came out that everybody hopped on. Um, and so we, uh, there's a place in, I think there's two locations in Utah. It's called garage grill. Um, and they've got great wings and bomb burgers, super good food. Um, and it's kind of cool because the, the booths are set up where they have like, um, you know, the booth, normal booth. And then they actually have above each booth is like car jacks and like a sixties Mustang just like sits above you while you eat or a formula one car sits above you while you eat and all these cool different things. And yeah, garage grill highly recommend if you want to stop by Wednesdays are wing nights, I'll be there. So come hang out. It'll be great. Um, they're also known for their sushi nachos. Try those out. Okay. Yeah. You'll ask me. Uh, I I'm, I love nachos, but I'm not a sushi fan. Dude, I don't I, I don't care if you are or aren't, you'll love them. You they're that good. Okay. I'll definitely you try like, that is all I like try. sriracha and you like jalapenos, you're already love, in. okay. That's fair. Um, so before we hop off, yeah, we want to talk a little basketball. Hit me with it. We're here in Minneapolis, uh Timberwolves fans. Uh Ooh. you're obviously in Utah, Jazz fan. So the Rudy Gobert trade. How does it feel to have the heart and soul of the Timberwolves on your team? <laughs> Seriously, you just kind of <laughs> Because that's what it so, was. Okay, so first off, here's my question. And, and I've actually been legitimately, I've been legitimately trying to find a good Timberwolves fan to ask this question to. So I'm glad I got you guys here. Oh, uh, and, you know, a good captive audience. Yeah. Were you guys sitting there this offseason just saying, you know what is the one piece we need to win a championship? Rudy Gobert. Like, was anybody, was that anybody's thought was that we are Rudy Gobert away? No, so I, I I thought they were trading for Donovan Mitchell. No, see, yeah, I like him. On I the think campus. the whole matchup between the Grizzlies, the playoff push, we we did get out rebounded quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I felt like they were like, we do need one more big. I'm not saying it was Rudy Gobert, but Cat is not a big down low. He's a big dude, yeah. but he likes to shoot the three ball, and mm-hmm. he's been known to be kind of not the best defensive basketball player. So I'm not saying right. they were wanting Rudy Gobert, but to be fair, nobody on the Timberwolves is a great defensive basketball player. That's true. I mean, that is true. and that's and that's something that I and I will say this and to give credit to the Timberwolves, like Rudy Gobert is a very specialized player, and he's a player that you know the Jazz luckily got the most out of him because they learned through years of playing and having with the team how to get the most out of his play. Um, if you look at this year, like his blocks are down, his uh, his defensive rating is down. Like he's not quite hitting exactly where he was. So as I think they learn how to use him and this team gels a little bit more, there should be opportunities for him to take advantage and for the team to use more of what he's good at. Um, but the problem is, and where my concern with this whole trade was not, well, not my concern, my concern for you guys, because for us, it's it was not for you. Really well, um, was even with that happening, I don't know where that puts you um, because the biggest concern I have with the, your guys' situation is what it's done to Anthony Edwards, you know, where he's saying things in interviews. That's like, I don't know how to throw lobs, which is really the biggest way to utilize Rudy Gobert as a scorer. Yeah. Pick and or roll. Saying baby. things like I don't like to drive his driving percentage. He doesn't drive nearly as much as he used to because the paint's a little bit clogged up with a taller body in there. And so that's my biggest concern is like, Anthony Edwards, the future. Yes, he is. He's, 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 he's the team. He's the he's the franchise player. He sure. he just did an interview where they're like, "Hey, why don't you dunk it?" And he looked at everybody and he goes, "Hey, why don't they let me dunk it?" Or something like that, right? Oh, where yeah, he was, 
He yep. was like, yeah, because well, at one point he didn't have a dunk on the season. Yeah. Like they're yep. like a month in and they're like, why aren't you dunking? And he goes, where do you expect me to dunk? And I was like, that's like the best thing ever. I, I, think I could totally be wrong, but I feel like we have not had a competent big man since KG. And not, KG no, wasn't really, even really wasn't. We haven't. You're right. Yeah, we really haven't. Um, I mean, I, the game has changed quite a bit since KG. Right. But yeah, I agree. Um, but I think the biggest thing is a the defense was was lacking on the Minnesota side. But not only that it was the depth, and that's where it's like we traded away a lot of our depth for Rudy Gobert. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, do you want another big to help Cat and then get rid of your younger guys? Vanderbilt is an awesome basketball player. I love that guy. Vanderbilt Kessler. Give me Kessler all day long, dude. Yes. No, I, I, I'm really liking the role that they're playing on this team and, and what they're doing. And I, again, the Jazz aren't a championship contender right now, but I think we've got some good pieces for a rebuild. You know, we're, we're light years above where we probably should be for a rebuild. So, so that's exciting. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So we thank you guys for that. I apologize because I may have to, I may have to run out of here if that's no okay. But honestly, guys, Absolutely. really fun to get to chat with you. Let's, uh, yeah. let's. <laughs> Let's do it let's again and get the rest let's of the guys part on. Two. Part yeah, two, part four, part nine. Let's get the wedge boys on here and let's talk some more. Sounds good. Appreciate your time, Dane. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah. Absolutely. Later.